Edmund of Talking Football. This is your co-host, Austin Cunningham, joined with Justin Treese and Dan Kiefer, as always, because we are all three co-hosts. Uh, and it's great to, to be doing another episode this evening, two of two. Uh, last episode, we did the NFC breakdown of the draft. Pretty much kind of said, you know, who's the best pick, worst pick out of that division's draft class, the best and worst class, and then who do we think could end up potentially being the offensive rookie or defensive rookie of the year from that draft class in that division. Great episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check it out after this one or before this. Um, Also appreciate you guys listening. Be sure to tell a friend about the show if you enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, well, hey, maybe just keep that one to yourself. But hope you're doing great. Let's get into today's episode, and we're going to start – Hot and heavy with the AFC North that has the Ravens, the Browns, the Steelers, and then lo and behold, the Cincinnati Bengals. So let's go ahead and take a deep dive into this. Best pick of this division, in my mind, Miles Murphy for the evil Cincinnati Bengals because their defense just gets that much better. And I think this is a defense where they play other teams. We look at it and go, Damn, this is pretty solid all the way around. And then they run into the Ravens, and it's like the Ravens are able to just do whatever they want for just a little bit, and then that defense steps up and makes something happen. I think the matchups in this division next year and the upcoming years are going to be fantastic, as well as them running into the Buffalo Bills, potentially Kansas City Chiefs, New York Jets as well. We'll get into them here in a little bit. But Miles Murphy being added to that defense coming off the edge, I absolutely love it. Great pick, Cincinnati. All right, yeah, uh, glad to be here with my co-hosts. Sometimes I wonder, like, if people try to guess what we were laughing about before we eventually decided to hit record uh, every pie, because it seems like we, we go into a podcast with an inside joke, and uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about you guys. Uh, but for my best pick, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, Andrew Voorhees, round seven, 229. This is a guy that could have been a day one or day two pick if he did not tear his ACL to combine. And this is just such a Ravens pick, right? They're going to IR him for the year, rehab him you know, on the NFL program, and then next year, the year after, he's going to be a plug-and-play starter. They just do this so well. Uh, this was actually like kind of a hard decision to make the best pick in, the, uh, in this division because I think three out of four of these teams did draft insanely well. But uh, I know you guys would not pick Voorhees, so I decided to give him a little shout here. Yeah, uh, I would not have. You are correct there. Uh, I'm taking Zay Flowers here. Uh, for the draft, Lamar Jackson comes back, signs the record deal. They're continuing to get him weapons. They are going to make him as happy as possible. I love Zay Flowers here for the Baltimore Ravens. So going with Baltimore there. Um, worst pick, I actually don't have a worst pick here, not because I don't want to be, you know, polite or anything like that. It's honestly, you kind of mentioned it, that like a lot of teams had really good draft classes here. Um, so it's hard to really choose. And I know that like sneak peek, like we all chose kind of the Browns for the worst draft here, but like, I even still like, like Cedric Tillman in the third round is, is like a solid pick to me. So I don't know. I don't really have anything that I truly hate. I'm not going to like pick apart teams like for, you know, and that pick 200 or later or something like that and be like, Oh, I hate this pick. Like a lot of those are shot in the darks anyways. So um, cop out, but I, I don't have one for this division. And uh, mine's a pseudo cop out because I think Brad Robbins, they took the Bengals drafted a punter in the sixth round. If you listen to the NFC show, you know how I feel about drafting specialists. Um, don't love it. Uh, so yeah, it's a punter. I love that you're just sticking to the core of who you are, Mr. Kiefer. Um, I do not have a worst pick either because I agree with Treese. I think all these teams did so well at drafting this year. Um, and I think it's going to continue to be that way for a long time. It's just going to reach a point at which team just didn't have their guys hit like they thought they would because looking at everyone that they've drafted here, I like it. But if I have to do a best class and a worst class, which I do have, I'm going to go best the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think that you're able to add to your offensive line with Broderick Jones, just a guy who's a physical tackle. That's what they want in Pittsburgh. That's what they have right now. Najee Harris, give him an offensive line to run behind and just protect Kenny Pickett so he can make some type of magic happen with George Pickens. Because even though I don't think Kenny Pickett's going to be a good quarterback, I think he's good enough to make plays happen and help Pittsburgh win. You give him an offensive line of time to do that. I think that's your best opportunity there with Broderick Jones. Yeah, and uh, I got the Steelers as the best draft class as well. Look at you took you got four first round picks. You had one. 
and you ended up with four first round picks, in my opinion, in Broderick Jones, Joy Porter Jr., Keanu Benton, and then Darnell Washington. We got to talk about Darnell Washington. This medical thing, I mean, I've, this is going to be when the guy that we look back in like three years and be like, why did he fall? Like the DK you know another, Metcalf. Like, why did we let you know, him fall? Uh, this do you guys happen to know another tight end that fell in the draft for a quote unquote medical reason? Rob Gronkowski. We all know yeah, how that ended. Because he was an alcoholic, but well, aren't we all? That's a I mean, joke. just a That's little a bit. Hard accusation to make, and I do apologize. I think I, I think there were back issues actually, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it was all right. Um, so yeah, I think the Steelers absolutely crushed it. Nick Herbig is going to be a great role player for them. Uh, just love the draft class overall. Oh my goodness, we're off the rails today. I love it. Um, all right, I'm not going with the Steelers. I'm going with the Ravens. Ravens are. I just. You can say this every year, right? Like, I feel like it's very safe to say before the draft, after the draft, it doesn't matter. You can rank the Ravens as a top five draft class every single year because they are just so good at it. So um, I just really like Trenton Simpson. I obviously love Zay Flowers, Tavius Mur- Murphy. Like they have, they got some ballers here um, and they did not pick up the fifth year option on Patrick's queen. So having these extra linebackers could even be even more important um, for their future. Uh Let's see, where are we at now? Worst class, we all said the Browns. We all went with the Browns. I already said that earlier, so we'll just move on to offensive and defensive player of the year. Uh, I'm going with Zay Flowers again here. And then defensive rookie of the year, I'm going with Joey Porter Jr. So awesome that he ended up, go- he ended up going to the Steelers with his dad playing there. This is very simple. For offensive rookie of the year, if you've listened to the show at all, you understand I have an affinity for one player out of Purdue, a wide receiver drafted to the Cincinnati Bengals in Mr. Charlie Jones, Chuck Sizzle. Here's a, it's a game of numbers, right? You got Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, whether he plays or not, you might be able to cover Jamar Chase. You might be able to cover T Higgins. You might even be able to cover Tyler Boyd and Irv Smith Jr. But if you cover those first five, six, or seven options, there's no way you can cover Charlie Jones, too. It's a numbers game, and he's going to be open. Love Charlie Jones. Think he's worked right into the slot. Reliable hands. Polished route runner. Great after the catch. Probably going to do a little kick, turn, punt, return. He was all conference at Iowa. I just love this kid. Love Charlie Jones. I'm probably going to buy his jersey. Definitely going to get his auto card. Definitely. How many just random jerseys do you have that people? I don't want to talk about it. Are you serious? Like, so um, there's a certain app. There's a certain app where you can get jerseys, stitched jerseys for like 25 bucks. And uh, might have a little problem. Yeah. Why don't you share the app, dog? Help a brother out. Uh, I don't because they don't sponsor us, but I'll, I'll text it to you. Yeah, that's what I meant. Don't don't tell me here because I don't want everyone else also going there. But anyways, let me get into my offensive player of the year. I am going to go with Cedric Tillman, uh, the receiver for the Cleveland Browns. And just due to the fact that he was my draft crush, this is a guy uh, that I wanted Kansas City to target. They passed on him twice. But it is what it is. They got Rasheed Rice. Apparently, that might be a steal of the draft. If you talk to Travis Kelsey, big body guy, whatever. doesn't matter. But Cedric Tillman is a guy that I wanted and I think is a guy that can help out Deshaun Watson a lot next year. You know, he's really good at just kind of sealing off the defender, catching the ball on the outside. He's got good control of his body along the sideline. He's willing to block, like I said, physical, big body. I think this helps Cleveland out. And I think next year he could be one of those guys where we sit here and go, Man, he was really just kind of covered up with Jalen Hyatt being able to just break through these defenses and be a deep target. He did deal with an injury last year, so that kind of hindered him a little bit coming into the draft class. But his junior year tape, I mean, or the tape the year before, excuse me, I mean, it was good. I loved it. Like, I, I think this is a kid who could end up being one of those guys that we talk about for a long time going, man, I can't believe he fell right there um, in the third round to Cleveland. And let me go ahead and go into my defense here. Sorry, because I've been snake well, drafting like, and it's not. I think like we haven't been doing this last hour and a half. Mix it up. So next up, I'm going to go my defense player of the year. I'm going to stick with Miles Murphy. I think again for the Bengals, you nailed on this pick. You helped your defense, uh, a spot that was kind of hindered last year with being able to get after the quarterback at times. Uh, you did when you needed to, but at other times it was kind of like ah, you know, would like that to be a little bit more consistent. You have it now with Miles Murphy. Absolutely love it. So I'm going to go Trenton Simpson, the linebacker from Clemson that got drafted by the Ravens. And 
Trent Simpson is, I think, is going to be able to blitz a lot from that inside linebacker position. Roquan Smith's pretty darn good in coverage, so if he's dropping back, Simpson's going to be coming up and a lot of production. I think Patrick Queen won't be surprised if he gets moved. They're just not impressed. They've already declined his fifth-year option, which was kind of like a no-duh after they traded for Roquan Smith, but I would not be surprised if by the time September rolls around that Trent Simpson is starting over Patrick Queen. That would be wild. Um, yeah, and I already mentioned my Joey Porter here. Uh, I just really, really like this fit for for the Steelers. Uh, moving on, we will go to my division, and that is the AFC South. Uh, best pick? I'm going to go with CJ Stroud. Um, and it is strictly because I thought it would have been a huge mistake for Houston to pass on a quarterback at pick two. How often do you get a top two pick? Not very often. And I thought it would have been a mistake passing on him no matter what the talent level is there. So uh, I'm going to go with CJ Stroud there. When's the last time a division had three starting rookie quarterbacks at the same time? Because it is a very real world that this year at one point, the Titans, Colts, and Texans all are starting a rookie quarterback. It's just insane to me. My best pick is uh, Anthony Richardson, quarterback of Florida, going to the Colts. The Colts, much like the Texans, had to take a quarterback, probably even more so. The Colts, everybody knew the Colts were taking a quarterback, and they took the most toolsy quarterback. And I love that they already have Jonathan Taylor in-house to help out, uh, ease the pressure on him, and I think they're going to tell him to be an athlete. He doesn't need anything you can get on a board or in practice. The guy needs game reps. He needs live game reps and that's who's going to get with the Colts I think he starts day one and he's just such an athlete I think he's just going to go out there and produce right away so I got uh Anthony Richardson as my best pick yeah for sure the most exciting there uh Austin had to go get a a laptop charger so we're gonna just keep going and we'll let him catch up um worst pick this is strange because I thought this dude was probably the most talented in the draft and that's Will Anderson um why I have it as what I consider maybe the worst pick is because of how much they gave up for him. Not the talent of Will Anderson. Love the talent there. I don't like that they gave up multiple seconds and next year's first. Sorry. Basically three first round picks. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, exactly. So I just don't like that value for Will Anderson there. So that's, yeah, that's they paid, they paid quarterback price to come get Will Anderson. And mm-hmm. it's one thing if you go like, okay, well then they drafted Will Anderson at two and then they traded, you know, basically to get that to go with C.J. Stroud, knowing that they couldn't pass on a quarterback, so they took C.J. Stroud first, yada, yada, yada. At the end of the day, you traded three first-round picks, one of which is basically a lock to be top five, like guaranteed to be top ten, lock to be top ten, could be top five. That's just, I hate it, especially since they own the Browns' first-round pick, and you couldn't trade that. Like, I'm yeah. sure they tried, but, yeah. like, if this is the Browns' first-round pick in that deal, I feel a lot better about it. But it's the Texans' first-round exactly. pick in 2024. That just gives me all bad vibes. Yeah. Absolutely terrible I've vibes. I've been seeing uh, – sorry, one second. I've been seeing some mocks for next year, and it already has, you know, like, the Tex – or, sorry, Arizona picking one. Um, and then Texans Tex- picking two. two so, they get, so they get one and two. So I've been seeing a shit ton of Caleb – Caleb Williams and Marvin one, and Marvin. Yeah. Marvin Harrison. At Man, two. That's, that's that. insane. Yeah. Uh, sticking with the Texans. My worst pick is tank Dell who they took at 69. Could be such a nice pick. Instead, you took like a five foot, 850 pound wide receiver. I didn't realize I was such a size person, uh, such a sizest uh, before these podcasts, but I'm just picking on the little guys and the punters. Uh, normally people I stick up for, but I really hate Tank Dell because I don't know how you're going to use him. The Houston Texans wide receiver room is really deep with eh, guys, like nobody that really just kind of like fine, like, all right, guys in Tank Dell. I just don't know what you're going to do with him. Like he's small. If he was six, two, he'd be awesome, but he's not. Exactly. So awesome. You're back. Welcome. Let's get your best and worst pick. Yeah, so my best pick is actually going to be C.J. Stroud. I uh, pretty much just shot all over uh, Bryce Young last episode right there towards the end on how I think he's going to be a bust. Um, and that's just due to the fact that I think C.J. Stroud is going to be pretty damn good. And I think the Panthers are going to look at it and go, we messed up. <laughs> we we messed up. We, we did a bad job here, and we stink again. And I don't think it's going to work out for him because I think C.J. Stroud – 
is the most pro-ready quarterback. He's got the size. He's got the tools. We've seen him make plays with good receivers in college. You mentioned how they kind of got eh, guys right here. He actually requested Tank Dell. Um, and so for the fact that he's able to get that speed guy in there to kind of come help him out, Nico Collins is there as well. I'm not saying that's anything special. Brandon Cooks, for the last time I checked, is still there at the Houston Texans. He is no longer. What no, happened? It, what I missed? No. He got traded to the Cowboys during free agency. Son of a buck. I did know that. Excuse John me. So Metchie's there, I though. Checked, He's last good. Time I checked, Brandon Cooks has gone, so that does hurt their receiver room. But John Metchie is making a return, which could be a positive note. But I think when you look at this team, you can go, okay, hey, there's at least a good offensive line. These other guys are young. Let's just see how we can groom Caesar Stroud into being our franchise guy, see how he works with these guys that we have in the room right now, and we'll be fine. So for me, Caesar Stroud is the best pick. Worst pick, I initially wrote down Will Anderson, then realized this is not the best defensive pick. Uh, so that is my apology if you guys saw that on the rundown. So I'm swiping it. But, Treese, you did have him there, and I did have to go save my laptop and get my laptop charger, so I missed your explanation. Please tell me why. Uh, I thought he's the best player in the draft, which I love, but I think they gave up way too much to trade back up for him, so the value was just not there. Gotcha. Okay, now let's get into the best class. In my opinion, it was the Houston Texans because I think when – you look at what's going on here. D'Amico Ryan comes in, looks at us and goes, hey, I was with Houston. When I was here, we at least had somewhat of a knowledge. When teams played us, they knew we were a hard-hitting physical defense. We were coming for your throat. We are going to knock your head off. Were some of our linebackers taking PEDs? Yeah, doesn't matter. We're still going to knock your head off. We just had a little bit of enhancement with that. You're welcome. I think now when you look at this, D'Amico Ryan realizes there is no face of the franchise. There is no tone. There is no, like, this is who the Houston Texans are. I think you found that with C.J. Stroud and Will Anderson. Did you maybe give up too much for him in Teresa's mind? Yes. But I think if you have solidified your leader on defense and you have solidified your leader on offense, at two of the toughest positions to nail in the draft class, if you got him right here, that is absolutely incredible, and I love it for Houston. And then after that, you add your offensive line, you add your defensive line, and you just kind of fill in with the receiver and go, Let's see what we can do with these, and then we'll go buy one next year in free agency. Uh, my best class, I have the Colts. Uh, I already talked about how I thought Richardson was a great pick. Then they go, they get Julius Brent, who I think is going to be a plug-in starter. And then they just kind of look around and say, hey, what do we need? We need some offensive line depth. Boom, day two, Blake Freeland. Hey, we need a slot receiver. If slot, slot specific, Josh Downs was one of the better wide receivers in the class. If you're only talking specifically slot. So I like that. He's just plug and play. He's going to be a starter. It's going to be fine. Day three, you go get a guy like Evan Hall, who's freakishly athletic. I just think the Colts top to bottom did a really solid job of plugging their holes and building for the future. Uh, I went with the Texans. They have some of my favorite players in this class. I mean, Stroud's fantastic. Will Anderson was already my number one overall player. Xavier Hutchinson was one of my favorite wide receivers. Um, I get the tank Dale stuff that Dan was saying, but also like Stroud really wanted him. Like Austin said, like, I think that that has something to do with it as well that I, that I really like. Um, so yeah, I'm going with the text there. I think that they, they did a good job. Um, again, I think that they gave up too much and next year it's going to be rough for them in the draft, but we'll see. Uh, worst draft class. Do we have to say it? We, okay. So I, I don't think okay. we need to say but we need to just talk about the tennessee titans for a little bit yeah we do like oh happy four years just ruined his signature line there thanks dan what's that go ahead tree show him fuck the titans there it is <laughs> Damn. Uh, so this is a team you're welcome that... up wayne wade i could just set you up to slam yeah. that puppy yeah. home Love jason it. terry get out of the fucking lane yeah i don't know who that is but uh the Titans got away for a long time being more physical than everybody in that team that, you know, oh, this is the year they don't do it. And then December rolls around and they get on Derrick Henry and they do it again. And it's all catching up to them. They have a depleted offensive line. They went traded up to get Will Levis in the second round. They then drafted Ty J Spears, a running back out of Tulane, who we love in the third round. Do we think Derrick Henry starts the year as a Titan? Yeah, thousand percent. Well, there's already been trade rumors, and then you go take a running back day two, like a Ty J Spears. I just don't. Derrick, I think they're a team that's. I think they're a team in transition that don't understand that they're in transition yet. Yeah, 
but I guarantee you he's entitled this year. I, I, I don't see how that GM wants to make that big of a splashier one. My opinion. Or I guess I, I haven't really dug into the contract. Splashier want to just say, we're making a difference. We're not expecting to win. We're definitely not winning this division next year. Because speaking of the worst draft class, what have you done to help your team next year? Well, I th- I don't think Mike Vrabel has round. it in him to rebuild, though. He doesn't. I don't I, like I, I don't think he can process not winning. What'd you say? Mike Vrabel. I, I don't think head coach Mike Vrabel has it in him to not be going in for a championship. Well, I mean, no, he's like, we can look at it. We can look at it from the outside and be like, dude, since the since you got Ryan Tannehill, you haven't been playing for a championship. You know what I mean? Like you're going against Joe Burrow, Pat Mahomes, all these quarterbacks in the AFC. You don't have a dude, so you're not going to win Super Bowl. That's just the way it is. But I feel like in their heart of hearts, they think they're a championship team. And everybody else looks at them and go, you look a lot more like a six and eleven, seven and ten team to me. Yeah, but yes and no, though, right? Because, like, they somehow match up amazingly well against the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs hate playing the Titans, and that's mm-hmm. just a fact. Like, the Titans because have gotten of Derek them. Derrick Henry, yeah. Yeah, but, like, so I think that they – I think that the Titans truly believe we get into the dance, we can literally beat anybody because we can just – Right, because we're a tough, tough-nosed football team. Yeah. And I think part of that, though – was Derrick Henry was able to run as physical and effectively as he did because their play action would work with Tannehill being able to take that deep shot to A.J. Brown. They don't, right. they don't have that anymore, and I think that hurt them a lot last year. Like, it took Traylon Burks to kind of get up with the offense and and le- legitimately NFL shape a lot longer than they anticipated. Uh, I mean, we even saw the clips from training camp. You saw it during the season. It's just like, yeah, this does not seem to be working out like we all thought it would be with him kind of coming in to replace A.J. Brown. Ryan Tannehill, another year older, kind of got banged up last year. The offensive line's bad. Like, I mean, it just – it truly is. And so that's why I think they're one of the, the worst draft classes. Like, you, you've done nothing to make your team impactful their next season for where these guys can come in and be key difference makers. I don't see it. But the offensive player of the year, I don't think this person has a choice but to be this or, or their GM is gone. And that is going to be Richardson. Uh for the Indianapolis Colts. I just, you sit there and you look at it, freak of nature, tore it up at the combine, 12 college starts. There's a lot of question marks there, but boy, the potential is off the charts and you're excited for it. But at the same time, we talk about boomer bust. This could be a massive bust and sets the Colts back for years because they just, they cannot hit on this spot. And there's really nothing else there aside from Jonathan Taylor. Like that truly makes a difference on this offense. I know you have uh, and Michael I think David we're Jr. all you have Alec Pierce, Jelani Woods at tight end made some splash plays in the red zone last year. Outside of that, though, like you got to hit on Richardson being your guy. Right. And I think it's nice. The Colts didn't like have to trade up to get Richardson. They just sat at four and they fell to him. They didn't take Will Levis. Uh, you know, with Shane Steichen, this is a perfect scheme fit. You know, us looking at it, everything seems like it's in place for Richardson to be really good to boom. But, you know, there's always that chance that he does bust. Uh, we'll also have the same player for defensive rookie of the year. And it's Will Anderson. I think him under D'Amico Ryans is just a slam dunk fit. We talked about it. We don't love the price, but at the end of the day, you did get a damn good football player. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's his Nick Bosa now. So good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Love it. Um, all right. Moving on over to AFC East. Um, best pick, obviously. Obviously, I'm going Dalton Kincaid. Uh, they're going to just play him as the big slot, and I think he's going to make a huge play, and I think he's going to be second in their team in receiving yards, and when it's all said and done at the end of this year. I think that he I think he has more receiving yards than Gabe Davis. I say expect uh, a big year out of Gabe Davis, though. For sure. For sure. Um, but I think that just – Kincaid's going to match up well. They traded up to get him. Um, yeah, just just awesome that he was tight end one taken as well. I was super, super um, excited. So I left Kincaid because I knew that you were going to take him, Trace, and I wanted you to have that moment. But my thought was, like, you think about how the Bills are going to use Dalton Kincaid, and it just feels like they got the wrong Utah tight end. Like, how they're going to use Dalton Kincaid, if they could 
have Brand Keithy Keithy. in that role. Like he's built for that role. Yes. Like that's literally how Utah uses him as the, you know, end around tight end as the seam buster, all this stuff, like everything they're going to do with Kincaid, Utah has a tight end who does all that stuff better already, Mm -hmm. but he's hurt. Yeah, it's just back at Utah. You know, like it, 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 it's just like funny that like next year we're going to talk about um, Brent Keithy. You should be able to use all these ways. Like, yeah, exactly how the Bills are trying to use Dalton Kincaid right now. For my best pick, I went Israel Abanacanda, running back out of Pittsburgh to the Jets. With Brees Hall coming back off the ACL tear, I think having Abanacanda, which is a perfect scheme fit in their zone run to come in, take the pressure off. Brees doesn't have to take the full load until he is completely healthy, completely ready to. And we've seen that usually takes about a year. And the first year guys are back from the ACL, they're not quite the same. Second year they're back, they're really running full bore. So getting a player like that in the fifth round to ease the pressure on Brees, Rodgers, everybody, and Abandon Canada has home run ability. So I think he's a perfect RB2 to put with Brees. Love it. Guy I really wanted Miami to take, and it just didn't happen. So for me, my favorite pick here was Christian Gonzalez falling to the, the New England Patriots. I think they, they sit here and look at it and go, this is a versatile corner who's physical and can do just about anything we want him to and just be the prime guy for our defense in the secondary. That's Christian Gonzalez. And, of course, New England seems to find that. Um, I don't expect <laughs> New England to be anything special this year, but I do expect them to almost be uh, the the nightmares that we hear John Gruden talk about with the Raiders, you know, that year of hard knocks where he's like, I want you guys to be like dream ruiners, be everyone's nightmares. Because I think the Patriots, now that you have Bill O'Brien on that offense, they finally have an offensive coordinator. I know they don't have a lot to work with offensively, but this defense is going to be physical. It's going to be a Bill Belichick defense. And, you add Christian Gonzalez to that. You add, you know, some of these edge players that you got. Like, this was another one of these deep draft classes where we sit and we look at it and go, what are you doing? They're adding depth to their offensive line, and they're adding quality guys on defense. That's what Bill Belichick loves to do. And that's why he loves to end drafts with about 12 picks. Because out of the 12, surely three or four of them can be quality players on my team. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Cool. Worst pick, didn't have one. Uh, worst pick, Patriots drafted a kicker and a punter. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Future well, it's, like, it's like they want me yeah. to hate them. It is. It is like It's like they want me to hate them. Well, you are a Dolphins fan, so that please. Yeah, I know. They're just making it easy on me. Quit it. It's too easy yeah. to hate it's you. It's too easy. Yeah, dang it. You already got Mid-Jones as your quarterback. Just stop making it so easy for Mid-Jones. me to hate you. <laughs> exactly. Um. Mine is similar to like what I said in the last episode with DJ Johnson. This one is Will McDonald for the Jets in the first round. It has nothing to do with the player. I actually like Will McDonald as a player, but I really thought that this team, the Jets team, could have used an offensive tackle or a tight end here, and they had a tight end, or they had every tight end available there, and they had two really good tackles still left, and they end up going defensive end. I thought their defense was really solid last year, that they didn't need to do that. And you just got Aaron Rodgers before the draft. Like, it felt like you could have really just stamped something down and been like, we are different than the Packers. We're not going to continue to just be building out a defense. Like, we're going to get you players, right? And I know they have Hart, Hardman. I know they have Lazard. They obviously have Garrett Wilson. But, like, at tight end, Conklin. Randall was, Cobb. Hey, they have Randall Cobb. Cobb and Randall Cobb now. Randall Cobb, 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 Cobb guy. <laughs> You're right, you're right. I can't wait, man. They're going to get Greg Jennings, broken leg and all, team yeah. on his back. Can't wait. Motherfucker, Greg Jennings. <laughs> Greg Jennings. Team on his back. If you don't know, get on YouTube. <laughs> God, it's one of my favorite videos. We used to quote it when I was a kid. That one in the Marshawn Lynch, hold my dick. Yeah. Man, that was those two videos right there. Look at this motherfucker. It's Greg Jennings. <laughs> Wide receiver, <laughs> Green Bay Packers. <laughs> All right, sorry, yeah, we're talking about it. draft picks. Uh, <laughs> uh, Treese, go ahead. Sorry, sir. No, you're good, guys. I love, <laughs> I love this for you guys. Um, so anyway, do that's not, why I chose McDonald's. You know the video, though, right? I, I absolutely do. I also <laughs> know that you've cut me off about 19 times in this segment. I also know that. So I don't know which one I know better at this point. That that video or you cutting me off um yeah, you know, it's just one of those things i hate <laughs> you i hate you, I hate you. Uh, um the bills are the best draft class um 
I really obviously they got Kincaid. I love Osiris. Um, they just got they got they had weaknesses on their team and not very many, and they attacked it. I felt like they got two first round talents in the first two rounds. Are you done? Okay, cool. Uh, I concur. I have the Bills as the best draft class in the AFC East as a team that, listen, they know where they are, right? The Bills are in championship window. We're plugging holes, building depth. What do they do? They need another receiving option. Go get Dalton Kincaid. Need a guard. Go get Osiris. And then they just build depth. They needed a linebacker, another receiver, more interior depth, and a corner. Bills smashed it. They did a great job. They understand what they are, and they knew how to fix it. They went out and did it. Austin, it is your yeah, turn. Yeah, I talk. also I have <laughs> the Jets as the best class just due to the fact that uh, we were sitting here looking at this team and go, all right, you got your quarterback, you have plenty of receiving weapons here. What else do we need to work on? We need, we desperately need a pass rusher. You know, we got a guy last year. Let's just continue to add to that here. Let's get Will McDonald. It's a guy that continued to rise as, you know, the upcoming draft. And I think a lot of teams had a higher rank on them. Maybe some of the media guys. I think this is a dude who can just own the edge. And I think that's something the jets do need. Um, and maybe help set the tone for this defense as well. And then you go and you add quality players on your offensive line. And then you get the running back. I guess they've just forgotten about the fact that they have Michael Carter um, there as well, who I think is good uh, catching the ball out of the backfield. And so you pair that up with Brees Hall and now you throw in Israel as well. I think this could be a pretty good trio. And then you fill out the rest with your defense and then you get Zach Coons that tied in there to round out the, the seventh, the seventh round. I like this class because I think it's going to help them going forward. And I think everyone already knows the jets have a possibility of being really, really good next year. But I think even if they move on from Rogers in a year or two, just because he's going to retire, I don't think it's going to be the jets moving on from him. It's going to be Rogers moving on from them. It's him. It's me. Not you guys is what he's probably going to say. I think the jets are fine to go get another quarterback and just plug him in and let the team just continue to flourish from there. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a great bridge quarterback for them moving on because they've been able to build a team outside of the quarterback position. That's just the final piece they're missing. Kind of reminds me of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers a couple of years ago before they got Tom Brady. Yeah, and uh, worst class, we all have Miami. Uh, I think Miami, if we would have done this before the draft, we all could have said it was going to be the Dolphins simply because they didn't have any picks, right? They had they had four picks. If you want to be that, oh, well, if you include Jalen Ramsey because they traded a three for him and you, you know, play, plug in Tyreek because they picked, you know, at the end of the day, they had four picks. They took Cam Smith, who it sounds like they're doing that so they can have an outside corner and move Jalen Ramsey around, which I think does sound like a lot of fun. Uh, I don't love Devin Achain as a running back. You gave uh, both your running backs to your deals. And then you use your limited resources to draft another running back who at his ceiling is a role player. I don't think that's a very good use of assets in the top 100. And then day three, you grab a tight end who you're going to try to convert to tight, uh, excuse me, a wide receiver out of Stanford that you're trying to convert to a tight end. And then you grab a tackle out of Michigan. Who's probably not going to make the team, but does have 38 career starts at left tackle when you need a right tackle. So it just kind of, for me as a Dolphins fan, I'm excited about a chain. I think he can be really exciting, you know, as a home run hitter, but this draft class as a whole just left a lot to be desired. Yeah. I really do like Cam Smith though. I will say that. I think that that's exciting to have him. Nothing wrong with having three corners there. So just saying. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Offensive rookie of the year. We all had Kincaid there. Uh, defensive rookie year, I went with Christian Gonzalez. Um, basically everything that I said during the Washington Commanders part of this, and everything that Austin just said, I'm just I'd just be repeating what between those two. So Christian Gonzalez for me. Uh, I went Keon White, the edge rusher for the Patriots. This seems like such a Patriots fit. Uh, kind of like Josh Uche, the linebacker out of Michigan they took a couple years ago. Just a very versatile piece that they can move around, get sacks, drop in coverage. I think he's going to be successful from the get-go. And there wasn't and a lot me, of defensive players drafted in this division. There just wasn't. Sorry, Austin. No, you're good. Uh, I went with Will McDonald, kind of explained that earlier. Uh, I do think if there's a guy that comes out of this, it's going to be Will McDonald just due to the fact that we know who their coach is in Robert Sala. He knows defensive players. He knows his edge guys. I think Robert Sala has a plan for him. And, I mean, if we're sitting here looking at the Jets going, all right, you've got the defensive player of the year two years in a row. 
y'all know what you're doing and everyone's going to have to respect that going into the draft next year where it's pretty much the mindset of whoever they take on defense we might as well just realize like hey they're really good and we must have missed something when uh scouting this guy uh let's go ahead and get into the afc west though my bread and butter absolutely love it but i will be completely honest with you i am having a very hard time figuring out who i think is the best pick in this draft class because I don't want to come off like a homer, but I'm also going to be very realistic with the Chiefs. Um, I don't think there was any home run hitters uh, out of this draft class for the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm just going to kind of dive into this real quick because I think when you look at the Chiefs, you go, all right, hey, there's some, there's not necessarily holes, but there's focal points that you could focus on. And I think Edge was one of them. And I think a big body receiver was also one that they got in Rashi Rice um out of smu right there in the second round and mainly just through the fact of when the chiefs have that type of receiver on their offense that's when it's at its best and since they've had it with sammy watkins and juju smith schuster they've won two super bowls with it so you throw in this guy maybe there's a chance for another one but if i had to pick the best i guess i would go michael mayer for the raiders and i'm pretty much just going to copy you here dan for the top two because the worst pick i thought was quentin johnson for the chargers out of tcu I just think we've seen the Chargers go after these big body receivers. It worked with uh, old Mr. Keenan Allen. But then with Mike Williams, that's like, all right, hey, dude can't stay healthy. With Quentin Johnson, I'm excited about it. But it's which one of those guys are you moving on from, especially after you just paid Mike Williams? Because are you really going to roll out an offense with three massive wide receivers? And if you are, which one of these guys is going to be your burner? Which one of them's taking the top of the defense to open up everything else underneath for Justin Herbert? Or do you just want him slinging the ball 50 times a game? So that's my reasoning there. Yeah, I, I think we're going to double up a lot. We both, you know, you can say we have the same picks for best and worst. Uh, best pick, Michael Mayer. I think this is good value where they got him at 34, I believe. Uh, 35. They got him at 35 in the second round just because that's exactly what they need at tight end. And uh, it's just a perfect fit, a good value all the way around. Worst pick, Quentin Johnson. I know, Therese, we'll let you hop in here. I hated this pick and has nothing to do with Quentin Johnson. This should have been Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Quentin Johnson is a redundant skill set for the Chargers. They just got Mike Williams again. You know, like you said, Austin, they, they got another guy. Why not get something different? You're supposed to build a wide receiver and like you build a basketball team, right? You need size, you need speed, you need a blend. They didn't do that. They could have got Kincaid, who could have been a reliable underneath target when Keenan Allen misses half the games again this year. Instead, they still have nothing in their tight end room, and now they have redundancy in their wide receiver room. I, I mean, yeah, Justin Herbert can throw it 60 yards, but like you can't do that every play. Ask the Buffalo Bills how that worked out for them in the playoffs. As soon as Josh Allen started to try to throw it deep every time, guess what? They started watching games at home. Okay, I, I just think this is just a terrible use of assets. Therese, it's all you. Yeah, I, I disagree completely with all of that. Um, I And it's funny because I was like, ah, I don't know if Johnson's like my guy, but like I think that this is a great fit for this offense. I love the way Kellen Moore – does his route trees. And I think it's perfect for this. I love that. They're going to have a deep guy all the time. They have, they have a mid guy all the time. Then they have a short guy. Like Keenan Allen's not a big dude. Like Keenan Allen's the short right. dude. He's that, the short intermediate guy. Yeah. And that's great. And they also, they already have Josh Palmer in case Allen gets hurt. Palmer can go right into that position. They can have the two guys on the outside. I think they really like Jared Everett. And then they obviously still have, they obviously still have Eckler. I think that this just made this offense that much more scary and Johnson showed that he can do the, the short routes and then take it to the house. He did it in college plenty of times. He did it in, in against Michigan twice, right? I think that this just makes that offense that much more scary. And now you don't have to throw it to Mike Williams down the field 15, 10 times a game where Johnson, or I mean, Williams is going to be lined on his back, getting hurt as much. Like take that off of him. And also we talked about this during the season where Mike Williams played very well doing that kind of those shorter routes and the, the slants and just using his bigger body. Let him start playing that way and let Johnston start being the deep the deep guy and letting him use the big body. This, I, this I, feels... This feels what? This feels like a talking football bet come like August. Uh, yeah. I'm what it, those against Trace, I'll tell you that right now. 
<laughs> whatever you guys want to lose, like that's fine by me. Like I See, don't I don't think... don't say that because that fires my inner competitiveness. Yeah, and like, that's why do you think you said me. it? That's the problem. Yeah, like I just I absolutely love it for the Chargers. I think that the, I think that they you, realized that would they you need... rather have so when they picked Dalton Kincaid was on the board. Yeah, do you think they made the wrong pick? You don't think they could have used Kincaid more? No, I, I mean they could. They could have used Kincaid. I think Kincaid's very good, but I also think that Jared Everett is perfect for that style of offense that uh, Kellen Moore runs. Okay, like they Kellen Donald, Moore, uh, Donald Parham too, and Parham, right? Like but six, like, seven. But I yeah. think that, like, I think that everett runs exactly what, what you saw dalton schultz run all year like those short little choice routes you better get in better shape I'll tell you that everett does that all the time so anyways um i love it you guys can hate on it that's great love it can't wait to prove you guys wrong and say you guys were wrong. tell me why you hate marvin mims noted uh no, noted quinn johnson stan justin trees yeah uh, and then Marvin Mims was my last pick uh, for worst pick, and that's more strictly because I feel like they already have four good wide receivers on this team, and I just didn't think that they really need that. Like, like I know Ham Hamlin's been hurt, but like, tell me the difference between Mims and Hamlin. Like, I get that Hamlin's been hurt and he's already hurt again, but like, tell me the difference between the two players. Um, Marvin Mims is taller. I have no idea how tall Mims is. I just know he's taller than KJ Hamler. I would. Should we hurry and look <laughs> it up real quick and just see what it is? Because I, I actually I think don't Hamler's know. like Hamler's like five nine and coming off an injury. Yeah. So I looked at that. Penn State legend. Now I'm going to be kind of all over the place with this, just due to the fact that you know this draft class, like this division, was yeah. kind of different all the way. Five around. ten, like, five I eleven. I don't feel like Nailed any it. of these teams really won the draft, if I'm being completely honest, because like you said, you don't like Marvin Mims. You thought he was one of the worst picks. For me, I think he's probably the best opportunity to win the Offensive Player of the Year out of this division, just due to the fact that if Jerry Judy has another explosion on the sideline or K.J. Hamler does as well, they are gone. Like, Sean Payton is not going to put up with that. I understand he's a player's coach, but he also is ready to run his offense, and he's also coming back, and he's not wanting to deal with any BS. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is who we're going to be. Russell Wilson's our quarterback. If you don't like that, deuces. We'll get something for you. There's a new general manager. There's a new owner. There's a new head coach. You have to figure out who you are in the Denver Broncos, and you cannot be dealing with any attitude from these diva receivers that you possibly have in the room because they don't like some of the decision-making from your quarterback. Russell Wilson is a proven winner. Last year is the worst season he has ever had as a quarterback, and we all realize that. You can't be dealing with that from your receivers, though. So for in my mindset, the reason I think they took Mims, because I questioned it as well, but then the more I thought about it is because if they have to lose those two receivers, they don't have anybody else. Like, there's nobody else that they can truly rely on that's going to be there after this season. Marvin Mims, I think, can be a splash player. We saw his plays at Oklahoma. Didn't really have much of a quarterback this last year. That's understandable. But when he did have Caleb Williams, it was like, damn, there goes Mims again. Yeah, I think this division's a lot of fun because we all have – this might be the only division where we all have a different team for worst class, and we uh, diversify a lot on best class as well. Uh, for me, I did go the Chargers for the worst class. Uh, I just didn't. I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. But for offensive rookie, uh, Austin took Marvin Mims. I took Michael Mayer because I think he's just going to be steady. They got rid of Darren Waller. They brought him in. I mean, I just think he's just going to like catch, you know, 50, 60 balls for 800 yards and like six to eight touchdowns. And that might be enough. Like, I think he's just going to be steady Eddie, which is basically what he was at Notre Dame. He's just going to be a safety blanket. He's just going to be around. We know this offense loves to use tight ends. I think he's just going to be, yeah, just enough. He's just going to be enough. Yeah, I agree. And Tyree Wilson at that seven overall was fantastic. So that's why I have the Raiders at best class as well. Worst class, I went with Broncos, uh, mainly because I, I'm not in love with the value of Marvin Mims and, in the third round there. And then they have another third rounder where they take Riley Moss, and then they wait three rounds and take a yet another safety. Like you guys only had like five picks and you use two of them on safeties when I felt like 
that wasn't the biggest need on your team. So uh, I'm just going with pure, like, I just thought that they could have got better value with the limited picks that they ended up having. And so for me, the best class, I actually went with the Chiefs just due to the fact that when you looked at this team, you knew there was three spots where they truly needed help. That was they needed a speed edge rusher. They got it. They needed a receiver. They got it. They needed an offensive tackle. They got it. They got a guy who's a pretty good right tackle who played actually at Trey, with Trey Smith at Tennessee. So, uh, funny enough, they both played on the left side at left tackle and left guard. Then you realize, hey, actually, these guys are both really good on the right side. Maybe that's where they should stay. I think that can help out. And then they just added with depth pieces from there. And when I look at these other draft classes from these teams, I feel like it's just kind of all over the place. Like When you look at the Chargers, I really didn't agree with Quentin Johnson. Then you go edge. It's like, okay, the linebacker, wide receiver, kicker, return. It's like now we're just trying to fill in special teams. And then you end it with Max Duggan. Really, your last pick in this entire draft is going to be Max Duggan. What a wasted pick. So you didn't I kind of like that. Corner. You didn't want to go for a defensive tackle. You didn't want to go for a linebacker to add to your special teams. You just decided we'll throw in a quarterback. We already have, you know, our solidified guy. I'm not saying Max Duggan is going to compete for the position, but it just seems unnecessary, especially with Kellen Moore coming in. Like there's no reason to throw another quarterback in here to learn your offense. Who's not going to play in my mind. It doesn't make sense. And so it's like, I look at this for the chiefs, the best class, all of it makes sense because when I get into the worst class, I think it's the Raiders just due to the fact that your best position on your team is probably the edge with Chandler Jones and Max Crosby. And you get here at the seventh pick or eighth pick, whatever pick you had and you go, yep, we'll take Tyree Wilson. Like that's the best position you have. You didn't want to get Christian Gonzalez, a guy who would help your secondary significantly, who can play multiple positions, who can roam, who can play man, who can play zone really well. You just decided to overlook that. Like, I just think this is the Raiders doing what the Raiders do best, and that's fucking up good opportunities to be better than what you have been. And then getting Michael Mayer in the second round. I get it. Do you, is that really necessary, though? Like, you don't think maybe throwing in another receiver, you don't think maybe going after a linebacker, which you have probably the worst in all of football in that position, and then the third round, you go defensive tackle. Again, the defensive line, probably your greatest strength on your team right there. You're adding to it. It doesn't make sense to me on the way they value these players at these spots. I like Michael Mayer. I don't think he fits that offense, though, unless you just want him to be that underneath safety blanket for Jimmy Garoppolo because he's not going to have time to throw the ball elsewhere. That's my only thought process with that. I like Michael Mayer as a player. I just don't like that he went to the Raiders here in the second round when I see the Raiders or think the Raiders could have gotten a better position value at another player in the spot in the draft. Man, you had Michael Mayer as your best pick in the division. I do. Like, I think he's a great pick. I don't like that he went to the Raiders. Yeah. Like, okay. I think he, he – I mean, looking at the rest of this draft class, who else is a big name here besides Quentin Johnson? And I've already explained how I didn't really like him going to the Chargers because it's just them redoing the Mike Williams deal. I know Trees already explained that. But, like, that's my thought process with this for the Raiders and why I think they had the worst class. So, uh, two things. I like the Tyree Wilson pick because Chandler Jones is 33 and I think he's more of a rotational player now. So if you get a guy in Tyree Wilson can play every down sprinkle in Chandler Jones, let him get those third, you know, third and long opportunities that he likes so much. Uh, but I'm pro, this isn't a Raiders thing. This isn't a Chargers thing with uh, Max Duggan, but I'm very pro draft a quarterback every year. I think you should just take quarterback every year, whether it's day three, develop them. And if they hit, you can move a quarterback for more assets than any other position. If they don't hit, it's a day three pick. It's it's completely normal to cut your day three picks. It happens all the time. So I like taking a quarterback day three, especially at two thirty nine. That's one of the last twenty picks of the draft. Like what? I mean, why not? If you think he's got a tool or two tools that you can develop into something, and then you have you know your bat your long term backup. Or it works out great. You can flip them for more assets down the road, get some more return on investment. I think that's awesome. So I'm very pro drafting quarterback basically, you know, every year or every other year, however you look at it, I get, you don't want to take seven quarterbacks uh, every year, but uh, I actually like that quite a bit. All right, cool. Um Mark talked about that. Uh, let's go to offensive rookie of the year. Um, 
I'm obviously going with Johnston there. And then defensive, I'm going with Tyree Wilson because I actually think that it's a good fit. And Austin, I know you and I are going to disagree on that one. Um, Chandler Jones was really bad last year, like really bad. Um, And so I really like having another edge rusher there. Um, And I think that he has a lot of potential that he can learn from Max Crosby as well. I actually think that like he's going to be able to coach him up and make it a really good fit. So that's why I like Tyree Wilson one. And I think that he could become defensive rookie of the year in this class. So I know I already said mine, but I got Michael Mayer for offensive and Tyree for defensive. Yep. And I went Marvin Mims for offense, which I discussed a little bit ago. And actually, I'm just going to stick with the Broncos. I'm going to go Drew Sanders. I think this is a guy who has an opportunity to, to make a splash in this division, be able to roam around the middle of the field, plug him some holes, make some plays. I like it for the Broncos. I say this because I also think they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the division next year just because of the way things are going to fall out. Jimmy Garoppolo just doesn't lose football games. I mean, this is just statistically true um, on how that plays out for him. Um, and so when you look at it, it was like Chargers are going to be good. Chiefs are going to be good. Raiders probably going to be good with Garoppolo, or I should say decent. It's like, where does that leave the Broncos kind of fitting in here? Um, so I feel like I kind of contradict myself a lot with it, but there's a lot of thought that kind of goes into how this division plays out and with some of these draft classes. Kiefer, I think that was a great point on what you mentioned with Max Duggan always taking a quarterback because I think that used to kind of be the mindset for a lot of general managers back in the day, but it doesn't seem to be anymore. And I don't know like why that kind of started to go away, especially when you see teams go, who can we rely on well, to be our backup quarterback? Right. I mean, how many times did the Patriots do it? Yeah. You know, they did it with Jacoby Brissett. They did it with Jimmy Garoppolo. It seems like six times. Matt Castle. They did it. A, a, yeah. Matt Castle way back. You know, you know, they did it with, <laughs> uh, yeah. Fuck, I mean, so if you like, especially if you have a good, like a, a Kellen Moore who is seen as a kind of a quarterback guy, an ex quarterback out of Boise and in the NFL, he can develop quarterbacks. So like, why wouldn't you give him, you know, like, Hey, here's your little thing of Play-Doh mold it, get it to where it is. And then let's go flip him for a second round pick. Yep. Yep. I love it. All right. Um, so look at this. it took us, a, it took us, eight divisions to finally get mad at each other and disagree on stuff. Look at us. I knew we'd get there. And of I knew, course, of course it's this one. Of course it's, of course it's the AFC West. Yeah. So, so who are your guys' okay. Super Bowl picks then? Oh, we're not doing that yet. Uh, uh, I think we're, are, are we, are we, are we taking, are we taking the Falcons? Our Falcons? No, we are not. Our but, Falcons dirty, in the, the NFC? What? The dirty cacaws? But, I mean, I'm not saying the NFC is weak, but if Atlanta can get hot, I'm, I'm just just saying. I'm, yeah, may, yeah. Maybe come back next week and we'll talk about it. Yeah, exactly. Come back next week. All right. That's two episodes in one night. Jeez, That's fantastic. Look at us go. We will, they will both be alive at the same time. So whatever order you guys watch them in, we hope you enjoyed it. And tonight we've been... Talking football.